0: Prepare to attack as a collaboration between Mash Those Buttons, WaWaz Bootcamp, and Mayhem.gg. Visit MashthoseButtons.com to learn more about our shows. Visit WaWaz Bootcamp on Discord to get coaching on your favorite Overwatch characters. Visit Mayhem.gg for live coaching streams and VODs. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Prepare to Attack, a podcast series that aims to improve your understanding of Overwatch and its characters. Today's hero is Arissa. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Evil Toaster, a coach from Wild, Wild Boot Camp. Hello. How you doing? You want to t- tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your experience with Arisa?
1: Uh, Sure. Uh, Started in about season five, I decided I wanted to learn a new hero because I had like Three million hours on Reinhardt and just wanted a break so I picked her up played her as much as I could until I figured her out and now I have more hours on her than Reinhardt in a competitive queue all right awesome
0: oh uh, let's go ahead and get into the character overview before we get into the details of the character uh Arisa, she is a main tank or a shield tank Her main weapon is the fusion driver, and she also has the abilities Halt, which allows her to shoot a graviton surge, which can pull people toward it, Fortify, which allows her to take half damage, and also she can't be moved, and then she has her protective barrier, which, like I said, she is a shield tank. Her ultimate is Supercharger, which boosts the damage of all allies that are in line of sight. Now, before we get into the details, can you tell us about the goals of playing Orissa?
1: Arissa is probably, I would say, the heaviest of the armor health tanks, you know, including Winston, Reinhardt, Diva, which I always think you should have pretty much one of on any given team comp. I say she's the heaviest because, unlike Reinhardt, who people would consider, you know, a really big heavy tank, Arissa can generate shields while her shield is deployed and also do damage. The sacrifice, of course, is that she's really slow. And she can't do damage through shields like Reinhardt can. So Risa's goal is to really just be like the kind of a heavier anchor than Reinhardt is. Where you're defining the space where your team is going to pretty much stay still and earn your advantage through superior damage output.
0: All right, great. Well, let's dig into her fusion rifle. Sorry, not this fusion rifle, the fusion driver. What can you tell us about the fusion driver?
1: So versus primary fire, it's pretty basic. It's just rapid-fire projectile. Uh, It doesn't have a lot of spread. It starts with spread, so you can't get, like, a perfect one-shot on the first bullet or anything. It's really just the biggest source of your damage. I mean, it's the only damage you have. So you really have to get good at aiming with it if you want to be effective. Because, you know, other tanks you could generally be effective just doing a lot of protection. But when you're holding a line and you're saying that this is my team's space, you know, you have to have a threat to say to the other team, you can't walk past my shield or you can't just, you know, walk in for free. So being really good at aiming your fusion driver is something that is really important. And it's something that you should practice in custom games with bots or anything just to get used to it. Like for me, I have a custom game mode setup that I just have bots that don't shoot, don't do anything, just walk around or whatever. And I practice shooting them while they're walking or practice shooting them while I'm pulling them with the halt ability. And you just really need to be used to tracking people and leading your shots as they're moving. So you can deter people from, you know, just walking in a straight line in front of you and into your shield.
0: Right. Okay. I gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, Some particulars about when you're actually using a fusion driver is it does decrease your movement speed. So that can be a bit of a pain in the ass. Uh, you're not going to chase anybody down to kill them. <laughs> you know, you, it, it reduces your move. Yeah, it reduces your movement speed to 2.75 meters per second, and uh, it does. It actually has quite the large uh, clip. It has uh, 150 ammo, and that's so that she can you know sustain damage. Right. Yeah. So, and uh, each hit that she pulls off is uh, 11 damage per hit, and those projectiles move at 80 meters per second. And uh, for those who haven't listened to any of the the previous episodes, uh, projectile means that the bullet actually needs to travel to its target versus somebody like Soldier 76 or McCree where, uh, you know, their hits, when they shoot, their hits register immediately. So that that also goes into what you're saying about learning how to aim with Orissa. Like it's not just like Soldier where you point and shoot. You actually have to lead your targets if they're, you know, strafing and things like that, correct?
1: Right. Rissa's weapon is pretty unique to everyone else in the game, because other projectile heroes, they're not like super rapid fire like Arissa's are. So it's similar to like if you could track like with Soldier, it's similar, but you have to lead your targets like you would with a Hanzo or whatever. Right.
0: And it also makes it um feels a little bit more dangerous in certain situations, like if you're trying to avoid powering up Zarya. Because by the time you pull the finger off the trigger, you may have already, like, those bolts are already free. Right. right. They're, they're, they're going to go into her bubble if she pops it.
1: Yeah, people do like to pick Zarya into Arissa for that reason, because I consider or classify Arissa as a spam hero, same that you would say, like, Junkrat's a spam hero, because you just spend a lot of time holding left click. And again, Zarya, you just have to be really mindful if she has her bubble or not, and just try to bait it out before you shoot. Yeah. Okay.
0: Gotcha. That's that's a good tip. uh Something of also of note for arrest's Fusion Driver is that it has a longer than average reload time. It's like two point five seconds versus the average, which is one point five seconds.
1: Right. It's pretty. Long. It's the longest in the game. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, I think the the second longest that we've covered so far has been Zenyatta, which is two seconds. But yeah, two point five seconds. um that that can hurt you in a pinch. So I would imagine that you'd want to always make sure, like, when there's no enemies around, don't just fire off into the distance. Always have your, you know, gun loaded and ready for the next fight. Right. You, you can't you can sustain for quite a long time, but it's, uh yeah, you definitely want to make sure that you're not reloading in the middle of a fight because that won't work out that well for you.
1: Yeah, some people say that you just don't want to reload at all and if you still have like above you know a certain amount of ammo that's actually pretty important to be topped off whenever you can because i got into a lot of fights where i'm like i don't know 10 bullets away from killing someone and if i just reload earlier i'd have like another 30. Right. so it's it's important to know when you can reload like if people are just going to take cover you might as well do it
0: Right, yeah, I know when I first started playing Orissa, one of the problems that I ran into is um when somebody would disengage from me, I was in a habit of reloading at that point. And if there was somebody else around that I could have been engaging, that's time I've just wasted from engaging, you know, on engaging them directly. Uh so I had to, you know, stop reloading after every fight. Uh and, and the only time that I, I would reload is when, you know, the enemies were were pushed back like when there weren't people around, you know. Or obviously when you're out of ammo, but still.
1: Yeah, and if you still have ammo and you get in that situation where you're like, I don't know, you have 80 bullets and you want to reload because you think someone's taking cover, but then someone else comes up, you could use melee to cancel your reload early and then start shooting again. Oh, or yeah, any ability. Great. You could just throw down a shield or a right-click and you'd shoot again.
0: That's a great tip. I did not think about that. But that's why I'm not uh, you know, a grandmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and move into her protective barrier. And before we get into the tips, I'll just go over the particulars of the protective barrier, uh, which is that it has. Well, first of all, it's a stationary barrier versus, you know, Reinhardt's barrier, which is, uh you know, he moves with it. Also, Symmetra's barrier that she throws out, moves in a straight line. The protective barrier for Orisa just it sits on the ground. And you can redeploy it every eight seconds as an eight second cooldown. Now, unlike Reinhardt's Shield, it only has nine hundred health, and on top of that, it only lasts for twenty seconds. So if you throw it out too early, which I do see people doing that quite often, it will actually disappear in the middle of a fight. So you have to, uh, you know, watch out for that. But I'll, I'll let you go ahead and get into the the tips on the for the protective barrier.
1: So. The barrier is unique to other shields from other tanks because when it's deployed, you're still generating a new shield. Whereas, you know, with Reinhardt, when your shield is up, it's being destroyed and you have to put it down for an extended period of time to get your shield back. With Arissa, you have your shield down, and if they don't kill in time, you get another one. So Arissa's shield's really unique and also really forceful because it forces the other team to focus the shield down. Before she gets another one in order to actually get through the shield. So the way that you play Arissa's shields is that you have a shield down and you put it down early. Like, let's say you know a team's going to come through a choke. You put your shield down like five seconds before they actually come in. If you know where your team is going to hold. So then when they come in, if they burst your shield down really quick, you already have your second shield already ready to go. And then if they blow that one up, then you have to move away. But if you can sustain long enough and keep your shield up long enough, and hopefully your other tank is going to help you, then you can link a third shield into it. And then you know you have basically three thousand health of shield almost. That's better than a Reinhardt. As for positioning, one of the things that you can do, especially if you're playing around a corner, is that you don't throw your shield just straight forward into the other team. Because if you're playing against a wall, you could throw your shield at like a 45 degree angle against the wall. Or not against the wall, but away from the wall. And what I'll do is that the right half of the shield will still cover forward. But then you have the left side of the shield curving around and protecting you from the side. And that makes it harder for teams to engage on you if they just want to run past you. And if you're playing defense, Arisa, like You can technically do this on offense, but it's a lot harder. But... When you're playing defense and you're just sitting still, like let's say you're playing with a Torbjorn or Bastion, if it's just a really stationary uh, team comp you have, and you're just going to sit in one area and hold there for as long as you can, one thing you can do is throw a shield straight up into the air. And what that will do is that, remember how I said you want to place your shield early before another team actually shows? You throw your shield in the air five seconds before the team shows up, and your shield will deploy, right where you are, right below you, because you threw it straight into there. Then your shield is only on three seconds of cooldown because you already shot the shield five seconds ago. Then your shield is down, and then you do that early. So you do it like eight seconds early. Like literally before the other team shows up, you threw a shield in the air like 10 seconds in advance. So you have a shield on the ground. Then when they're going to show up five seconds in advance, you throw another shield in the air. So what that'll do is that when the team shows, they'll start shooting the first shield that you threw on the ground, and if they destroy it in, like, two seconds, the shield that you just threw in the air will then land on the ground. Then if they destroy that in three seconds, you have another shield on cooldown that you just put down after that. So you link three shields together, and let's say if you're against another Arissa, they only get to have one. Right. And, of course, if they have Reinhardt, you'd basically have shield advantage because that's 2,700 shield. And if they're trying to focus your shield to get to your Bastion or Torb or any team comp that you have behind your shield, they can't do it.
0: That is, that is... I I would have never, ever thought to do something like that. That's actually pretty awesome. I have to try that next time I play.
1: So, really uh, good. It's hard to do on offense, though, because you can't shoot straight up if you want to move forward. You have to shoot it at a bit of an angle.
0: Right. That That is, that is true. I mean, but I do... Like, you know, the way the game is played at... at um, I'm not going to say it at higher levels for sure, but like it definitely at lower levels, you'll definitely have points where your team and the other team are sitting there looking at each other, shooting each other through shields, you know, or trying to take a point, a choke point, or something like that. So on offense, uh, I think it's definitely it's definitely doable. What you're talking about. Um, but I it's I would think the, the the defensive side would definitely have uh the advantage though, because it is their job just to sit there and not let you through versus you having to push through. Right. So okay. So the 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 barrier um the what we said only has nine hundred health. Do you would like do you think like uh shield breakers like junk rat and um even let's say like a, a reaper are, are huge problems for Orissa when it comes to that shield?
1: Yeah. So earlier I said that Arissa's a forceful pick, and by that I mean is that if you're if the enemy team doesn't have a champion or a hero that <laughs> can break the shield fast enough, then the shield is essentially indestructible. Because let's say the other team has like a full di- damage output of across all of their damage heroes of less than what nine hundred per. Eight seconds, whatever that DPS yeah. total was up to, yeah. Then the shield's never dying because as soon as it breaks, you have another one. So it forces the other team to either like literally six man focus the shield, like Mercy freaking pull out her pistol just to break the shield and get advantage, or they have to pick a hero that is meant to break shields. So usually that means Junkrat, but some other team. Teams or people will just pick like they could pick Bastion, you could pick Farah, some people even do Hanzo because Scatter Arrow does like half of the shield's life. So you it forces them to pick a hero like that. And if they don't, then you know you could just sit there forever. But if you're attacking against Arissa, then you, you kinda have to pick one of those heroes. So with that in mind, uh if they have like one hero, like just Junkrat alone. Just by holding left-click on your shield, it'll destroy it and, like, one grenade will get in between shields. About... Same with Ferha They have roughly the same DPS. So if you're de- defending something, if it's just a Junkrat shooting you, you're kind of okay. Uh, but if it's Junkrat plus literally anyone else, you're going to have to worry about tanking with Fortify or having another tank with you to tank some extra damage or whatever.
0: Right. I would say, unless it's a really bad team, you're probably not just going to have a single junk rat shooting at the shield. Like, they're not just going to chill while junk rat takes the shield down, you know? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, maybe if you have something annoying like a Bastion behind a shield or a Torb turret, but, you know, for the most part, you're going to have at least two people, like a junk rat and somebody else shooting at the shield. And, you know, then you have to worry about. You know, after he takes down your second shield, because hopefully you deployed your first shield early enough, now you got to worry about being on cooldown, and you're a huge target sitting out there in the open. So, that's that's a problem. But yeah, let's go ahead and move on to Halt, which is the graviton surge that I mentioned earlier. It, uh, basically, you can de- it's your secondary fire uh, with Arissa, and when you hit that button again on the secondary fire, it detonates and it pulls anybody. Uh, within a 7.5 meter radius into it. And that Graviton Surge, it moves at about 20 meters per second. Uh, it looks like when you actually activate it, it, has a little bit more than half of a second delay. So you want to keep that in mind. And you can deploy it every eight seconds as an eight-second cooldown. down. So uh, what can you tell us about using HALT effectively?
1: So HALT is... Essentially, almost your biggest source of getting kills. Like I said earlier, like and yeah, like her primary fire is the only way you do damage. But the best way you could land hits with your primary fire is to pull people. So for the sake of just calling out, because the word "halt" sounds a lot like "alt," like yeah. ultimate <laughs> ability. So when I'm talking with teammates and I say, "Oh, I'm halting," they're like, "What? I'm gonna? You're gonna use ult And like, it's it gets confusing for some people. Over the comms, so I just say pull because that's pretty easy to understand. So, if you're on defense, it's pretty easy to just pull people to disrupt them. Like, if they're doing a six man push or whatever, into like, I don't know, like we'll just use Kings Row as an example, they're welcome to push in straight to the point on the first choke, first point, and you're on defense. If you just pull them up in the air while your team is about to counter engage, like all six of them, that makes it really easy. Like if you have a Genji or something and you pull them all together, that's a six hit dash. And then you could, you know, throw in like your second tank into there and he gets like really easy damage. Like if it's Winston, like anyone who is AOE, like Farrah really likes it, Junkrat, Winston, whatever. You pull their team together and just throw stuff into them. That's a really easy way to start a fight and get an easy advantage because you basically just chunked everyone in the team. Uh, But for you, though, uh, because your bullets don't really go through shields and they're not AOE, it's easy to just not get a lot of damage. So you have to have follow up from your team because if you're pulling everyone behind a rhine shield, you're not really doing damage, right? Right. So, that's why you kind of have to communicate it and say, hey, I'm going to pull their whole team, and then hopefully your team will follow up on that. And, like, that's a lot easier if you have, like, a duo partner that's familiar with Arissa that you practice a little bit with, because, you know, I'm a Grandmaster, and still people don't always follow up on grabs that quickly. I think that just a lot of people aren't used to playing with Arissa yet still.
0: Yeah, I know when I, it's getting better. Right, but when I played Arissa, especially closer to when she first came out, I don't. I just had people constantly uh, not using the shield and not doing anything with the halt. <laughs> you know, when when you pull somebody back, they yeah. don't really take advantage of it.
1: It's just, you kind of have to either hope that someone else on your team actually plays Arissa and knows what she does, or just communicate a lot. Like I yell at my team to stay behind my shield a lot. I yell at them to not not yelling, yelling, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tell them, "Hey, I'm going to pull this person. Please shoot them." And if it uh, if the other team is aware, then they'll usually follow up. Gotcha. On attack, though, it's a little different because you could do the same thing. Like if they're all together, then you know you could pull them all together and get AOE damage with your team. But usually, they're not going to do six-man group together and push in moves on defense. So on attack, you kind of look to pull people out of position. Like, one common thing that I see is Azari will walk up and use her self-shield bubble to gain some energy. Usually, though, when they do that, they kind of walk out of position. So if you know that they're still going to be a bit out of position when that bubble ends, you could throw your halt. And just pull them back into your team, and then she has nothing to protect herself. And she's Zarya, so she's slow and immobile. So that's a really easy way to get a pick on a Zarya's greedy for energy. Right. And then in cases where people are high ground, like, let's say uh, on Dorado first point, where you are going up the hill, and everyone always stands up on the high ground. One sneaky thing I like to do is go on attack, come out of the left exit, and shoot a halt in front of the high ground and pull anyone who's... Don't enough to stand too far onto the ground, and I would tell my team, "Hey, Lucio, speed boost into that team and kill them." I see. That's a it's an excellent idea.
0: Even though I was on Dorado, what I I do see a lot still are people behind a Reinhardt shield up top. Yeah, you know, but me, you me can. You it. <sighs> I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: If they do that, you could throw the halt just a bit above Reinhardt, so it pulls him a little bit forward, and because he's holding shield, he can't move. Very right. fast, so to will still pull him off the ground, and then your team will just engage on him, you know. Well, sometimes that's
0: all you need because yeah. his team is sitting there warm, cozy, waiting for that Reinhardt shield to protect them from damage, and then whoops, gone all of a sudden.
1: Right. Like, any so, way that you could disrupt their formation with Halt is really good, especially if it pulls them off of a platform. Right.
0: Okay, that's cool.
1: But as far as general use, like in fights, like this is offense or defense, I just use it to get damage. Like if I see someone that I could just I know I could kill, like if they're by themselves, I'll just use the halt to pull them towards me or even just up in the air. Because if you pull someone up in the air, then you could use your primary fire to track their movement. Because they're it's predictable how they're going to move. They're gonna get pulled up into the air, then they're gonna fall to the ground really slowly. And then all you do is just aim right above them for a bit as they're rising up, then you aim below them as they're falling down. And you could get, like, all the bullets you need to kill a 200 health hero.
0: Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, no, I know I tend to use Halt most often to finish off enemies. You know, as somebody's trying to run away from you, like, around right. the corner or something like that, you just pull them right back. And um, see. What, what, one important thing about that to remember... Uh, is that when you're doing that, when they get pulled back to the Graviton Surge, uh, they don't get pulled into it. They get pulled right to the outside of it. So if you're going right. to aim and pre-fire, it needs to be like right to the outside of the Graviton Surge.
1: Right. And that's, uh, again, another thing I practice in a custom game. I just have a setup to where, again, the enemies don't do damage. You just walk around. And yeah. I just pull them with the halt with a zero cooldown and just practice aiming as they get pulled and aiming as they fall down to hit as many bullets as I can. It's good practice.
0: Right. Yeah. I actually, we, uh, throughout this process of doing this show, we've been hearing a lot of the coaches. They go into, you know, make these custom games and stuff like that so that they can, you know, practice these skills before they take it out into comp, you know, cause comp isn't necessarily the place to practice that. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Uh, good tips. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Fortify. So Fortify is a, an ability that temporarily reduces Arissa's all the damage that she takes uh, by fifty percent, and she also can't be affected by crowd control abilities or CC abilities, which are things like uh, you know Reinhardt, uh, Reinhardt's Charge, or um, May's uh, ultimate, or actually May uh, freezing her. And period. You know McCree's stun, things like that, things that will make you stop or a move you like she can't be affected by
1: that any and movement ask, impairing effects yes that's a that's a better way to put it yeah because <laughs> things movement. like uh anti-grenade can still poison you yes
0: they can so uh yeah duration is four seconds and the cooldown is six seconds so you want to speak to fortify for a little bit the cooldown is six seconds Cooldown is no the cool the cooldown is ten seconds, sorry. All right, all <laughs> I, I yeah. subtracted Oof. the four from that. Sorry about that. Yeah, thank you yeah, for the correction. The, the cooldown, cooldown actually starts as
1: Fortify ends. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, that actually that's another important thing. So for while Fortify is active, it will not the cooldown hasn't started yet. You have to wait until Fortify is done. Right. Alright, great. And I wish
1: right. it was that well. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. So Fortify, it's kind of an emergency tool. Like, it's the kind of uh, ability you don't want to use very liberally because it's really the opening for the other team. Because this is a thing I call, like, because I'm a Marvel Capcom player, I call this, like, the X-Factor effect because it's a kind of tool where it's more powerful if you have it, not if you're using it. And what I mean by that is, let's say you have Fortify off cooldown. It's ready to use. The other Reinhardt, like, let's say you're playing against the Reinhardt. The Reinhardt can only ever win against Orissa if Fortify is down. Because that's the only time that Reinhardt can actually do damage and charge. And it's pretty easy to charge Orissa while she's shooting, of course, because she moves really slow. So if you have Fortify ready to go, Reinhardt can't do anything. Because as soon as he charges, he's going to get blocked by Fortify and then die. But if you use Fortify, Reinhardt's like, great, now I just have to wait five seconds. And then he's going to go. And then when Fortify is over, well, then you're really weak. So it's the ability you want to have stocked as a threat to say, if you start to focus me now, you're not going to get anything done. So then the rest of your team will be able to kill the people that's all focusing you. So having it ready is actually more powerful than using it in the moment. So... To use it just anytime you want is sometimes kind of a waste, and I'm pretty guilty of doing that a decent amount of time. But I get punished for it a lot. Like, I'll be like, oh, I wish I had Fortify right now. I shouldn't have used Fortify earlier. So you have to think about preserving your Fortify for when it really matters. So points where that matter, it's like, let's say you're holding a choke point and you need to link shields together you could use fortify between your shield cooldowns so that you could still hold a choke point with your primary fire and not die so you use your protective barrier it dies you fortify and then you use another protective barrier that's okay if uh you know you can deter them but if they're just going to break your shield again well now they're going to walk in and you don't have fortify so you better have another tank to back you up there to get you your next protective barrier. Or you just need to leave and give up the choke and give some space so you can get your fortify again. Or else you're just going to get focused. And as far as outplaying, like, you have to save it for crowd control. Like, you know, say they're going to have a McCree that's going to walk in and flashbang you. Or an Anna Sleep Dart. Or Roadhog. also more, very important to not get hooked because you're really mobile again. It's just the kind of thing you have to think about. What do I really need this for? Like, of course, like in the case of Reinhardt, it's pretty obvious. Like if he charges, you press that button. Or if he advances in with the rest of his team really quickly, you press that button so that you can still shoot Reinhardt and not die.
0: Okay. So, I mean, I guess, you know, on top of those is basically if if it's going to save your life and for sure, like, it's also a good idea to use it because you you, want to stay alive.
1: Right. It's similar to Zarya Self Shield in design and purpose. Yeah. I guess that that means, though,
0: you have to really pay attention to when you're going to, when when you actually need to use, like when you're going to die versus just panic and hitting it. You know, because I've seen Orissa's have, you know, 300 health and blow their Fortify because somebody walked past their shield.
1: Yeah, you know, like it's—it's not just a panic button, but people panic and use it. Like, like people panic really easily, but you have to have a lot of discipline and really use it as like, you know, a way to deter enemies from focusing you and saving you when they try. Because if people just walk in and you're like, "Oh, time to fortify," if nothing happens or if they just walk away, well, then now you're really vulnerable. Like the way you have to think about it is. That fortify is like the one ability their divers are thinking. Oh, it's not a cooldown. Let's focus Arissa. So they want to force your cooldown out. Like you using fortify is a reward for the other team. Like that's something that they want. So then on their next push, they could say Arissa has no fortify. Let's focus her. So when you think about it that way, like you have to think about the value you're actually getting from fortify. Now, of course, if the other team doesn't have a very threatening team, it's okay to use Fortify again to just hold a choke, especially if you have another tank. Like, let's say uh, you're throwing down your barriers, and between each barrier cooldown, Reinhardt's holding up a shield so that you can link your barriers together, and Reinhardt doesn't have to spend his whole shield to protect them. So you have a constant stream of shielding for your choke. Well, eventually, Reinhardt's shield might get too low, or they focus you down really hard, it's okay to use Fortify to just tank a bit more damage while your Reinhardt regenerates a shield. Because then, after your Fortify and your next barrier, you're going to have a lot more shields again, and by the time that they actually do something, you'll have your Fortify again. But if they're full dive, then if you're holding a choke, it doesn't really matter, because a dive team doesn't have a lot of shield break damage to begin with. So you can just keep, you know, holding with... Out fortifying, and then when they dive, you go ahead and fortify. No, mm. I got you.
0: That's something that kind of popped in my head as you were talking about using, you know, that that, that fortifies has, has that X factor, like we so saw Marvel versus Capcom, where you know if a team's tracking it it it, it seems a bit more dangerous it's more a bit more useful to deter them from doing things that right. they would normally do at uh, lower tiers of play i can totally see in that not even being a factor because they don't pay attention to that
1: uh well, you know right? so in lower levels yeah people don't track cooldowns but that just makes it better because then they're going to be hit by surprise because like in higher level play, for example, a Reinhardt player isn't going to charge an Arisa who has Fortify, right? Right. But in low level play, if they're not tracking the cooldown, Reinhardt's going to go straight into you and think, Oh, I'm going to kill this Arissa," And then you, you know, stop sign them with uh, Fortify and shoot them. So they're just going to get punished. But as you, the individual player, it's still important for you to understand to use Fortify in that way as a deterrent tool to only use it when it's getting you you know the real value as much right. as you can and only when it saves your life because the other team who's not tracking it's just going to get punished by that over and over
0: absolutely i was playing uh on my smurf one day with, with a buddy in silver and um i had a reinhardt try to charge me six times that game and every time he got fortified yeah. and killed. And I asked him, "Why are you still doing this?" And he just said, "I don't know."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're right. It does it does give if you, it does give you a bit of an advantage? So that's cool. Let's go ahead and move on to her ultimate, which is Supercharger. And like I mentioned earlier, it boosts damage to all allies within line of sight. Um, Well, at least that's what, you know, the the description says. It actually has I think it has it's actually a twenty five meter area of effect is the official uh distance it can it can um reach. And it boosts damage by fifty percent. So anybody who's affected by supercharger will have the damage boosted by fifty percent. And it lasts for fifteen seconds. Uh the supercharger also has its own health pool. So if so you know you wanna it's not invincible you want to make sure it's protected but uh let's go ahead let's get into tips on using the supercharger what can you tell us about that
1: so superchargers the more that i've been playing the more i found it's actually more it has more uses than it might seem but it's really fragile and finicky because again it's only 200 health it doesn't move it's really vulnerable to a lot of things So, in Season 5, which was during the dive meta, it was really hard to use it because an enemy D.Va or an enemy Winston would just hear you pop that ult and go straight to it, and uh, Winston would kill it through your shield, or D.Va would just, you know, run, charge past your shield, knock you away, and kill it really quick. So, against dive tanks, or really just dive teams in general, you have to be really careful with how you use Fortify and the way that I always used it was I would wait for D.Va and Winston to blow their jump cooldowns and then pop the supercharger on the ground, and then my team would be able to kill the tanks really quickly because no one's going to jump on it. So if you know the other team is going to jump on it with any kind of cooldown, just wait for that first. Try to bait out their cooldown. Hopefully it doesn't go on you, and then you just supercharge. For other kinds of teams where you see... Like, let's say, like, Kings Row Street's phase, just long hallways. And, uh, or even, like, this is actually common on the new map, on Junkertown Last Point, which is basically just one long hallway with a curve. When you're playing grounded comps, like it's Reinhardt versus Reinhardt, or in this case, Orissa versus Reinhardt, and the other team is grouping together and pushing in, you could use your supercharger just to win a shield battle, really. Because the other Reinhardt is thinking, you know, I have this much shield life, I'm going to walk in with my team and then we'll be okay up to this point. But then you throw thrown down a supercharger and then it throws off all the math because now Reinhardt's shield is like, what, 33% less effective?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now all of a sudden he's out of position because he doesn't have enough shield to win a shield battle. And then his whole team's going to be out of position. So you halt the whole team up into the air, which is effectively a knockup like in League of Legends or whatever because it stuns them effectively because they're not going to move while they're being pulled into the air. And then you supercharge, and then you break their shield. And now they're all out of position with no shield, and then they're all dead. So you could use your supercharger before a fight. And I think using supercharger before a fight actually starts is the right move. Because using a supercharger in the middle of a fight is really dangerous, because you can't protect it very easily. Like, another Reinhardt's just going to swing or fire strike it, or whatever. And you can't really get the best position for your supercharger. But you want to use it before they can do anything about it, and when you still have room to engage. Not too early though, because if they're so far away and they see your supercharger, just like, well, I guess we're just going to wait for it to go away, right? <laughs> so that doesn't really work. But if they're if they've extended far away from cover, like again in these long hallway kind of team fights, if they move and they don't have their cover available anymore, then you plop down the supercharger and chase them down, break their shield really quickly. them back and kill them that's really i think really good and common strategy for those types of engagements and for other stuff like you could do like weird stuff like there have been times i've superchartered just for one kill like if you're just like pushing and you're snowballing and you need the momentum like let's say for example dorado last phase after you cap the point You know, everyone has that bad spawn where they're coming out of the little basement. If you can get in there and maybe just find one person that's out of position. Sometimes I've gone so far to just like pull two people and supercharge just to kill one of them. And maybe my team would pick up the other one. Because I know that if we kill those two people, we get high ground positioning and we get distance guaranteed. Like it's a tempo kill, but it's... It's value, like, for the map. And I will know that, like, if I pull them, like, for example, the best example is a soldier. Because if I pull a soldier that's just around the corner, he's going to start sprinting. And it will get away really fast. And if he has a heal field down, then it's even harder to get a quick tempo kill on a soldier. But if I know if this kill is going to equate to something more than just that kill, like, it's going to mean map control, it's going to mean a lot of cart distance or whatever. Or even, like, a full objective. I'll just pop the supercharger for it just to get the extra damage. Sometimes that's worth it. Right. And there's also times where I supercharge just to draw attention away. Because like I said, like tanks have this irresistible urge to kill the supercharger, like Winston or Diva. Like I've literally made plays where I'm like, I'm going to put the supercharger because I know those tanks are going to dive me. And then my team will do, you know, dive on the rest of their team, you know, because they just can't resist killing a supercharger yeah so i'll be like i'm gonna supercharge in this little corner with little shield here just to make it as hard as possible for them to deal with it and then they're all going to try to deal with it and then i'm drawing aggro from like three different people where i'm shielding it in a corner i have fortify and i have another shield ready and they have to get through all of that meanwhile my team kills everyone else hopefully yeah so there's a lot of different ways to use supercharger, but it's really easy to misuse it because it's really fragile. You always have to have some kind of plan with how to protect it or have a plan if you know it's going to just go away really quickly. Like, you could just... Super, like, if it's, like, a fight you really want to win, you could just supercharge just to draw away attention again because, I mean, the same thing, like I said, you're drawing grow. But if you're... If the other team is going to kill your supercharger in three seconds, that's still, you know, three seconds your team was damage jammed and maybe that could help win a duel. And that's going to force one of their teammates to look away from your team to walk past your shield, kill your supercharger. So that's, you know, a flat 200 damage blocked because you went into your supercharger instead of your team. But also that's time that they had to take away from shooting your team to walk to the supercharger and kill it. And then maybe reload or whatever. So you're effectively damage blocking something with your supercharger in the middle of a hectic fight. But that's still a low value supercharger. But if you don't have a choice, it could still help you, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I get you. I think what you're talking about is actually a problem that I have had for since I've been starting since I've started playing Arisa. And that's waiting for a you know, perfect moment. To use the supercharger, and then you end up like not really using it at all. Yeah, like, I, I, I've definitely had games where I have had the supercharger, and then by the time I got to end the game, I was like, I didn't supercharge one time. <laughs> you know that because it's like, oh, well, that Reinhardt's going to absorb all the damage, so we have to wait for the Reinhardt shield to be down, or they're okay. Well, there's not enough people around to to use it. You know, stuff like that. But w- what you're saying is that you know you don't have to wait for a perfect moment to use it. Uh, you basically have to be able to analyze the situation.
1: Right. Basically, you have to know what's going to happen next. And as long as you do that, then you can know when you can get a good supercharger. Because, you know, if the other team is immobile, then you know that in the next moment, your supercharger is going to be relatively safe, and you probably don't even need to shield it. You could just put your supercharger around a corner so it line of sights your team, and the other team can't shoot it. And then you just walk in and let your team walk in with the uh, damage boost and kill their shield and kill them. Or if you know that they are going to dive you, like you could even do things like like let's say you're against a diva. If you supercharge her like in a corner and you shield in a corner, then their diva can't actually kill it because you're just gonna be walking back into the corner and you're gonna sit on top of your supercharger like you know, like a chicken on an egg. Protecting your baby. So D.Va's going to come in, not knock you away. Then you just shoot D.Va in the face a bunch of times until she's de Right. And meanwhile, your whole team is supercharged. Like you could still do supercharges in like, like the best example is like Fulskaya last point where you could just sit in one of the corners on the point with a shield. And if you supercharge, everyone's going to look at you. But, you know, that's tanking. That's what you're supposed to do. And hopefully, you know if they try to run directly into your face, you can shoot them before they get inside of your shield, or if you space your shield perfectly, they can't get inside your shield, and they have to kill the shield before they kill you
0: right that's a good point yeah so so the, the one of the main takeaways is when using the supercharger is it's not one of those abilities where you have you know when x condition meets y condition, you use supercharger as you actually have to be able to look at the situation. Right, analyze it, and then make that decision to put it down to give your team that extra damage. Exactly. All right, great. Good to know. Uh, so, uh, why don't we hop into Arissa's strengths and weaknesses? What, what would you say? Let's start with strengths. What are orissa's biggest strengths?
1: Arissa's strengths is that she has the most effective health of any tank. I would say because she, again, she's regenerating shields. As she's deploying shields, and like even just like with the raw numbers, like one shield is nine hundred, and then with fortify and your base health, it's not two thousand, so it's not more than Reinhardt. But you're gonna get two shields off before you die, if you have fortify. So that's what eighteen hundred. Then you have your health, which is doubled by fortify, so that's another eight hundred. So you're probably you should have about two thousand and what. 2600 effective health, mm. at least. Which is 100 more than Reinhardt's effective health, assuming he gets no sustain. So, Orisa is very, very tanky. Gotcha. And on top of that, she has range damage, which is a huge benefit. And she has range crowd control, which is very big. Like, all of this is just a sacrifice of being really immobile and slow which is, you know, her weakness. But as far as strengths go, it's just that she is really s- self-sufficient, I would say. Like, if I have to solo tank, I I usually just pick Arissa. Unless it's, like, a really, really dive-heavy team that needs me to be on Winston or whatever. But if you have, like, you know, like, two hit scans and a Widowmaker player on your team because everyone plays DPS, might as well pick Arissa if you're solo tanking.
0: I usually pick Arissa when I see uh, I'll say it like this when I when I don't have that much faith in the damage output of my team. yes, like I'll go ahead and it help me pick out Arissa especially Except if they're on,
1: not going to shoot shields.
0: Yes, yes. Except I would I would on console I have a I have to have a pretty tough time playing Arissa. I don't understand why though. It's it's maybe cuz I it's just not as responsive uh, for aiming. And uh, on, on PC, leading those shots is a lot easier than on console, at least for me.
1: Right. Um, I had imagine. But, like, th- does console have aim assist?
0: It does, but it's like light aim assist. Like it doesn't, it's not as heavy as some games like right. Destiny, where it will just straight up drag your cursor across the screen. Well, aim um, assist
1: probably doesn't help much for Arissa.
0: Yeah. Because it's like, projectiles. It, yeah, maybe yeah, that's the thing. I think you can actually turn that off. Maybe I should turn. It, see if I can turn it off because it, it does give you the option to turn off individual stuff for each character. Yeah. So, I might have to that might they might have just cracked it because I I was just having I stopped playing her on console when I did play because it was uh I was just doing terribly with her and I was more of a detriment to my team than uh, a help.
1: I would so, have imagined the aim assist would try to aim directly at someone, but you don't do that with the risks. Uh, primary fire so maybe that is something that would hurt it but i don't know i don't play console yeah
0: Yeah, no i i am i'm across the spectrum i have it on i have three accounts on pc one on ps4 and one on xbox so yeah but um, it, something you mentioned earlier, you said that Arissa is regenerating shields while she has her shield out. I just want to clarify that that means that um, he's talking about her cooldown. Like her cooldown is while her shield is deployed, her cooldown has already started. Right. So she'll be able to put down another shield as soon as her cooldown's up. Not that if her shield is out, it's regenerating, or right, that right. you know, or that you could put out another shield, but it not as you know, with not as as much health. It he is talking about the cooldown has already started. So I just want to clarify, because I don't want people out there in the game thinking that their shields are <laughs> regenerating uh, just when it's out, because it's not. Um, so did you have any other strengths for Arissa? Did you want to move on the weaknesses?
1: Um, again, she's I consider her a spam hero. She's good at holding chokes. And because she has long sustained damage behind shield, she's really good in shield battles, which is why I've always considered her like kind of a counterpick to Reinhardt. Because you have a shield that's going to last you know forever at least as long as Reinhardt's, but you get to do damage to Reinhardt's shield and he doesn't get to do damage to you, so if both teams were equal and it was just the only difference was Reinhardt and Orissa, then you're always going to win shield battle, and the weakness would be like or the counterplay to that would be Reinhardt's team would speed boost past your shield. And then your shield doesn't get any value, but you're Arissa, and you just you know throw your halts behind them and pull them away from your shield. then by the time they get back to your shield, their shield's gonna be broken.
0: Hmm. gotcha okay uh what about weaknesses well we we, we we kind of talked about how slow she is, but you know you wanna yep, is
1: real and mobile her weakness is that it's difficult to maneuver your team because her shield is static. Unlike Reinhardt, like Reinhardt's really maneuverable, of course, with his shield because he moves and his shield moves with him. With Rissa, you have to define where you and your team is going to be every eight seconds, which is the cooldown of the barrier. And if you ever need to move it, you have to wait. So it's still kind of flexible because you could throw your shield. So, you know, if your team needs to move forward, you could shield a bit forward and your team will walk there. But it's still not as good as Reinhardt's shield mobility. That's like the advantage that he has in the matchup for his team. So you have to be really conscious of where you're throwing your shield and not throw it too far. Like if like, if you're going to start a fight with the other team and you throw your shield too far, the other team's going to walk past it and then you both meet and then it's like, oh, now I don't have a shield for, you know, another seven seconds. And then you all die. So you have to be really careful with how far you throw your shield. And other weaknesses are just like she doesn't have a way to go through shields. Like Reinhardt and Winston both go through shields and matrix. So they're good at fighting other tanks. Erissa kinda just gets blocked by other tanks too. And her halt also gets eaten by Diva Matrix, which is pretty lame. It doesn't go it doesn't pull people through shields. So you have to basically earn your advantage before you can get easy pulls with the halt.
0: Okay. All right. Let's um move on to common mistakes that you see people make with Arissa.
1: Common mistake. I'm going for down each ability here. Like common mistake, I guess, with Fusion Driver is just like uh not really trying to lead targets. Or not really, uh, even just not shooting when you should be. Like, a lot of times, you could be more effective shooting um, a shield than trying to shoot people. Because if someone's really far away, and you know you can't kill them, then they're just going to heal up, probably, by the time that you think you could kill them. But if you shoot a shield, then their whole team has to move back, because they don't want to be under threat of crowd control or one-shot abilities. And is really good at doing damage to shield because she never has to reload. Well, I mean, she does, but she has a lot of ammo. But there are also times where you could do things like, if you're against a Widowmaker, also, fun fact, Widowmaker players hate playing against Arissa Because if you're an attacking team and one of your DPSs is Widowmaker, then your other teammate has to be a shield break character. Because if they're not, your shield is indestructible for like what i talked about again where you it's a forceful pick you have to pick a hero that could break the shield or else the shield is effectively indestructible because it's always going to get refreshed so with widowmaker all you have to do is make sure your shield is always up and just left click her when she is scoping because even though you won't kill widowmaker anytime she gets hit by a bullet it throws off her aim because there's a little bit of recoil And eventually it's going to force her to move away. Like, they're not going to hit any shots while you're holding left-click on top of an enemy Widowmaker, no matter how far away they are. And, you know, they're standing still mostly because they're scoped, so they're not moving a lot. So he'll get damage in. But that's really, really good against Widowmakers. But it's, again, just thinking about what you can really do with your primary fire. Because, you know, if they're going to walk in with the shield, you have to shoot the shield. Because shooting people isn't going to do that much until they're actually exposed or you hit them with a halt ability, you know, mm. for barriers, a mistake I see is using it kind of like too early. Yeah. Like, I-, I think you mentioned it before, but you can use your shield in a bad spot where the other team's just like, well, let's just shoot the shield. And then we don't even have to take damage. Like if you throw it too far and throw it too early, then it's not going to get any shield value. Like the way that you use shields in Overwatch is I'm putting down this shield. You guys are going to damage to it while we do damage to you. So any damage that goes into your shield, you want to have reciprocated with your team's damage, hitting something, even if it's just their shield. You know, that's a shield battle. If your damage is not connecting and their damage is connecting on your shield, that's a low value shield. So if your team isn't behind you, or their team has too much cover, or they have a bigger shield, then throwing down your shield is going to end up being a waste, because then it's going to get broken really quickly, and then you're really vulnerable. And like, I don't know what else would be a mistake with barrier. Mistake with fortify obviously is using it, you know, too early or at the wrong time, or just panicking and using it, and maybe blocking like ten damage when you should be saving it to deter them from doing anything big on you. Mistake with Halt. I think what people do with Halt a lot is just throw it into a team and then it does nothing. (laughs) Like, oh, I'm just going to shoot this grab into their whole team and group them all together, but then nothing happens. Like, you have to think about what you're really doing with it. Now, like, if you're doing it to pull them back away from your shield, it's effectively a knockback, and that's good value because now if they're trying to shield into you, your shield's going to break sooner and yours is going to break later. And that's, you know, that's decent value for a halt. And if you lift the whole team up into the air as a knockback, that's a good way to engage because your team is going to start moving in on them while they're falling to the ground. So they're essentially immobilized. But you also have to think about what kind of team comp you're up against because, like, let's say... You're against the dive team, and they have Winston. You're going to get more value waiting for their Winston to jump in and then walk into his bubble, halt him to the ground, and then shoot him and kill him. Then you are just going to throw a bubble into the team during a poke phase. Like, against dive, you want to wait and save your halt for their engage because any of their divers is going to get really screwed up by halt. Like, Genji's going to dash in, and then you pull him back, and now he's just in the middle of nowhere, and he's not going to get any resets anymore. Like, the Genji is living off of that dash and trying to get in range so he could do damage and get his reset and then get to safety or get to his next target. Winston is relying on being on the edge of his shield so he could dance in and out of the bubble and absorb damage and no one could chase him. But if you know where he's going to dive and where he's going to land, you just walk into the bubble and pull him down and kill him, and so does your team, and then it's really easy. And if you're against, I don't know, like... What else is dive? Like Diva? you know, same thing. She uses her cooldown. You pull her out of the way, and now she's out of position. Like, anything that, if you know that they're going to dive, you have to save the halt. And just using halt at the wrong time is something that, it just takes a bit of foresight. With Supercharger, Mistake is just, you know, not using it, or using it too close. Like, the range on the damage buff is pretty long. You could be far away from your team, and if you need to shield your team, you could be far away. Like, one really good strat, if uh, you know you need to play supercharger, is just start the fight from away from your team. Because normally you want to be in the front line, because you know you're a tank, but you could throw your barrier to your team in the front line if they need it. And meanwhile, you're in the back line, and you could supercharge and just stand on it. Like, you could stand on your supercharger to protect it if it comes down to it and then your team can use the barrier. And it's really good if you have another tank, like let's say you have like Azaria or even just a Reinhardt in the front line, you could play in the back line and be backline Arisa and just throw tanks to, or throw shields to your team so your tanks can use it or your other tank can use it. And then you have a front line and then you're a nearer back line hero. Arisa's actually kind of flexible in positioning like that because she can tank from the back line by throwing shields and throwing halts and throwing down her long range fire and supercharging from long range at a really safe distance. That's a style of Arissa I don't actually see that much, but it is good in some cases. Just Mm -hmm. the, usually the problem is that you're solo tanking because everyone else on your team wants to play DPS. So you have to be in the front line with your shield.
0: Okay. Well, do you have any additional tips for Arissa that we might not have covered?
1: Um, The only other like concepts I would think about is like actual comps and when to pick her. Because, again, the times where you don't want to pick Arissa is heavy burst. Like, let's say they have Hanzo Junkrat. Your shield is actually going to die in two seconds. And then your team is under the threat of Junkrat spam and under the threat of Hanzo one-shots. So they all have to move away. If you're Arissa into that, you have to really play your shields and not throw shields early. Because if you just throw a shield out just to like absorb spam, it's just going to go to waste and the other team will not care. So you have to wait and wait for them to actually engage to get the most value out of your shield and try to use halt to get people out of position and hopefully have another tank on your team. Like if you have a Reinhardt on your team that could help with uh, shielding, that's really good. And during that time, your team is going to have to try to get a pick or else because if Junk and Hansa live long enough, both shields are going to die eventually. So that's where using halts comes in and try to pull one of them out of position. And then your team will kill them. And then, you know, you win that fight for the moment. Because their objective, their win condition is to break your shield. So if you're against a team where your win condition is, or their win condition is to break the shield. You have to consider if they'll do it really quickly. And if not, you might want it to switch to dive tanks. So you could just straight engage on them instead of having to worry about shield health. Um, for certain maps, you have to think about if you really want to be Arissa, Because, like, let's say uh, Numbani first point, or Dorado second point. Really, really focused on high ground. And in those cases, it's if you're attacking those uh, maps, is not really good. Like on Dorado, I almost always pick De- Arissa on first point, attack or defense. Then on second point, I'll pretty much always switch to Deaver at Winston. Because Arissa just does not get enough value on the second point attack on Dorado. Like, you can, like, if you got a momentum push, you could stick to it and, like, try to pull people off of the high ground. But most people are kind of onto that by now. Well, I say most. If you're in low elo, people probably are not expecting a halt to come in from under the bridge and pull them off. But in my experience, I get more value just playing Winston or D.Va. Like, even in low elo, if you're uh, a good player, you'll probably get more value playing Arissa or D.Va than... I mean, playing Winston or D.Va than Arissa on those high ground phases too. Like, regardless, because it's just easier to engage on them and tank damage. Then, as far as your own team comp goes, if you're solo tanking... Like most solo queue tank lineups right now is Zarya Roadhog. And it really triggers me because there's no barrier. So your team is going to get hooked. Your team is going to get one shot by Widow. Your team's going to, you know, just not have anything to deal with like really hard pushes. So if your teammates like picking a Roadhog, I kind of feel like I'm forced to pick uh, Arissa. Because if I pick Reinhardt, then I'm not really going to get protection when I swing, you know. So if I want to get effective damage, I have to have my own shield and play damage from range. And that's what Arisa does. And then, like, you know, if you're, like, whatever your other tank hero is, you could have to play it a little bit differently. Like, if your teammate is Winston, then you just pull people together so that Winston get good AoE damage. If your teammate is Reinhardt, you just make sure that he always has a shield. So you know you just throw a shield into their team. Almost your Reinhardt will walk up and swing, and then he has a shield to play with, where he can swing and absorb damage with his shield. And then like the other team just can't do anything about him. Mm. And then you know you pull people together so that you get AOE fire strikes, and you know get you try to pull Reinhardt out of the way or the enemy shield out of the way if it's Reinhardt or whatever. So we get Earth Shatters. If it's Diva. All you need D.Va to do is to matrix your shield against burst damage. Like if you see like a bunch of rockets or junk rats fan coming into your shield, D.Va just eats it so that you get another shield again. And there's not a lot of like Arissa D.Va plays other than like, oh my D.Va's going to use her nuke. I'm gonna pull this person away from cover. Like like it's really good against payloads. Like your diva will nuke the payload. And then you just pull them up away from the payload cover because they're going to hide behind the payload to get away from the D.Va ult. And then it right. kills them. So that's a really good strat. If your teammate is Zarya, you just try to... Uh... There's two ways of doing it with Zarya. You could let her be greedy and just give her the bubble. and Zarya will give you the bubble. You walk in front of your shield to absorb a bit of damage to give her energy. But you kind of want to see it as a second fortify where it's like... They're going to dive. I'm saving bubble for when they dive on you. Right. Like both methods work, but Zarya players just do things differently. Some are greedy for energy. Some save it for the dive. It's just kind of how they play it. and some ways, are correct. Some are not. But you just kind of have to adapt. If your teammate is Roadhog, then you just try to pull people for hooks, and that's really what you play for. Like, pull someone out of position, let your Roadhog know that you're pulling into to hook this guy, and then you get a kill. That's pretty much your win condition, because you don't have the shield health to compare with other tank lineups.
0: That would be so frustrating if I got pulled by, you know, a halt, and then immediately got pulled by Roadhog. It's really good. I'd turn the game off. (laughs) That would be so annoying, but I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I think that's every tank, yeah. Okay, great all right so do you have any uh any final thoughts before we close up on Arisa? uh
1: i think she's a good hero i don't i think like definitely the pro scene and like the pro meta is like not really using her because one i think uh people don't really know where she is good but two also in constructed play i think she's a lot easier to counter because she is like really restricted as soon as you force the cooldowns, like, a whole team can adjust to it. But in solo queue, you don't really have to worry about that. Like, solo is not going to be on that level for a long time, if ever. And even then, like, I think Arisa is, like, actually the correct pick in a lot of cases. Like, again, like, on Dorado, I think she is the nuts. Like, over Reinhardt. On first point, at least. On certain 2CP maps, I think she is perfect. Because it's really easy to huddle up in a corner and like huddle up in a corner is a really good strat. And with certain team comps, you know, like you can't control what your teammates are going to pick. And sometimes the rest is just the best pick for your team comp, you know? So I think she's good and she has a purpose. And so right now. So I don't think she is a bad tank to pick up at all, especially if like, if you're just like an old school, like Reinhardt player, like you've been playing Reinhardt for like a whole year and then Arissa was released and you didn't know if you should pick her up. I think she is like totally worth picking up now because if 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 you could play her, like the difference for me, like it was hard for me to pick up Arissa because I only played Reinhardt and Winston so I couldn't aim. So I had to like get good at aiming for a while, but it's not so bad. You can get good with him, with her and as long as you know what to do, you won't like totally feed. <laughs>
0: All right, great. All right, well, then with that, we're going to go ahead and close up here. If you had any questions about what you just heard on this show or any of the episodes for Prepare to Attack, you can send questions to contact at com, and we'll try to get them answered for you, whether it be just in a reply email or if we get enough questions, we'll do a Q&A episode. Uh, but, yeah, you can just uh, email contact at preparetoattack.com. Uh As always, i like to talk about Wawa's Bootcamp. Evil Toaster is a coach from Wawa's Bootcamp. You can go to Wawa's Bootcamp, which is a Discord server that has coaches for every hero on Overwatch on any platform. So it doesn't matter whether you're playing PC, PS4, or Xbox One. You can hop on the Wawa's uh, Bootcamp Discord server and, you know, talk to others about the characters you wanna play. You can talk to a coach and get uh, coaching sessions to get better at that character. These episodes are primarily to get people familiar with characters, like, you know, whether you're new or whether you're just trying to, you know, maybe hop over to a new character. After you listen to this show, if you want to learn more about Oressa or any of the characters in Overwatch, I highly suggest you go over to Wawa's Bootcamp, which is at Discord.gg slash Wawa's Boot Hook up with a coach, and they can take you to the next level. Additionally, I like to bring up Mayhem.gg, which is one of the tools that Wawa's Bootcamp coaches use to help their students. Mayhem.gg basically allows you to take a VOD and go over it with the coach live and the coach can you know, fast forward and rewind it. They can draw on the screen and draw attention to different things. And also a good thing about Mayhem.gg, those coaching sessions can be streamed and they can be played back at a later time. So even though you didn't get coached on a specific hero, you may be able to watch somebody else's coaching session and learn a whole lot. So I would definitely also check out Mayhem.gg because it's pretty awesome. You can find me over at MashlessButtons.com. I'm the host of Watchpoint Radio, and we released uh, And the Watchpoint Radio is a is an Overwatch podcast that focuses on the Overwatch community. Uh, we release episodes every Wednesday, but we do live stream episodes every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Standard time, me and Blazing Bob, you can find us over there. So uh, you know, check us out at uh, twitch.tv slash smash those buttons, or if you want to follow us on Twitter, that is twitter.com slash watchpoint radio and twitter.com slash mtb site. Uh also if you want to you can find me on social media, I am underscore jaw underscore on Twitter. So that's twitter.com slash underscore JAA underscore. And uh, evil toaster, do you have any social media links or Twitch links you want to send
1: out? Evil toaster O W on Twitch and Twitter.
0: All right, great. And uh, you stream frequently? Every day. Every day, awesome. All right, so definitely check out evil at toaster. Moment. At the moment,
1: okay. I mean, <laughs> no for the evil. past what, like ten months or so, stream every day. Oh yeah, so
0: that's that's one long moment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll right, stay so that up. way.
0: All right, yeah, so definitely check out Evil Toaster on Twitch and twitter. uh, we encourage everyone to uh if you are you know rate and review the show on whatever podcast platform of twitch you are listening on uh if you are listening on iTunes and you leave a rating and a review, please make sure that you also uh vote for the next character that you wanna see in the next batch so i well I believe uh well, this is batch three. And no batch one junk rat one for sure. So he was in batch two. So yeah, if you, we're we're looking at those reviews, if you vote for the character that you want to see in the next batch, we'll try our best to get those characters into the next batch. But yeah, we definitely appreciate uh, every, every rating and review we've gotten so far. We've gotten, uh, A tremendous response from the community. We thank you guys very, very much for taking the time to, you know, after you listen to a show, go and do a rating and review. We appreciate that uh last but not least i would definitely like to thank have luck good fun for allowing us to use sounds like overwatch as the theme for this show i highly suggest you check out have luck good fun on youtube where he has uh more music and music videos that he takes sounds from games and actually makes the music with so thank you very much have luck good fun for making sounds like overwatch and then allowing us to use sounds like overwatch on the show and with that, we are done with this episode. Thanks again, Evil Toaster, for coming and talking to us about Oressa. I hope it was uh, it was educational for me, and I, I play Oressa quite frequently. And I hope it was educational for everybody else. And uh, we will catch you guys on the next episode.